Today's show brought to you by Redcon1.com. That's right. Click the link at the bottom of the podcast app in which you are listening to this on. Check them out. Use promo code T20 Quartermist. That's right. Redcon1.com. Alright guys, and welcome to Don't Tread on America. I'm your host, Don Q, coming to you from the DTOM Studios in the free state of Florida. Sponsored by Maker's Mark Bourbon. That's right. How's it going out there? It is Wednesday, June 8th, 2022. How's everybody doing out there on this beautiful Wednesday? So, thought I was going to have a guest with me today, but... uh he don't want to answer no one's text, so I guess not. It's just you, me, and the mic. All right. You're welcome, by the way. <laughs> All right, guys. I've got a bunch of crap to go over today. Um, <clears throat> my biggest thing is I, I don't want to leave you all hanging on what I ended the show on Sunday with. So I have that. And if you recall, that was about Bilderberg 2022. And I posed a question at the end of last show was... Uh, it was, uh, is uh, Vladimir Putin, Putin still alive? And we'll get into that. And a myriad of other topics. But right now I got some breaking news out of D.C. Man arrested outside of Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh's house. So, armed man arrested near Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh home allegedly made threats against him. An armed man was arrested near Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh's Maryland home after allegedly making threats against Kavanaugh, according to Supreme Court spokesperson. The man was arrested about 1.50 a.m. Wednesday and taken into custody in Montgomery County. The suspect's name has not been released, but law enforcement told ABC News that he is from California. Montgomery County Police said that the case has been transferred to the FBI. The Homeland, uh, Department of Homeland Security warned in May that there could be threats against Supreme Court justice over the leaked draft of the Roe v. Wade decisions. A bulletin obtained by ABC News in May said that draft leak prompted a significant increase in violent threats many made online via social media and some which were under investigation, directed towards U.S. some of the U.S. Supreme Court justices and the Supreme Court building. The National Capital Threat Intelligence Consortium identified at least 25 violent threats on social media that were referred to partner agencies for further investigations. Some of the threats discussed burning down or storming the U.S. Capitol. Or I'm sorry, <laughs> that'll be later. The U.S. Supreme Court... <laughs> and murdering justices and their clerks, members of Congress, and lawful demonstrators, the bulletin said. U.S. Marshals bolstered their protective details for the justice began guarding their homes around the clock in the wake of the leaked draft. This is the kind of behavior is obviously behavior that we will not tolerate. We will do anything and everything we can do to prevent them um, violence and threats of violence and to hold people who do them accountable. This was from Merrick Garland. Senator, uh, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell said, this is exactly what kind of event 
that many feared the terrible breach of the secu- uh, the court's rules and norms could feed. McConnell used the incident to call the House to pass legislation increasing protection for Supreme Court justices and their family. Senator Ben Sass of Nebraska, a member of the Judiciary Committee, called on President Biden to condemn those who target the justice. Political violence is un-American. President Biden needs to personally and forcefully condemn violence and threats against Supreme Court justice, he said. Maryland Governor Larry Hogan said in a statement, I call on leaders in both parties in Washington to strongly condemn these actions and blah, 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 blah. Okay. So the interesting thing about this now, if you recall, this was, I think, last year. It was here last year, year before. This was Chuck Schumer, and this is and what he had to say. they're taking away fundamental rights. I want to tell you, Gorsuch. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh. You have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. So, I mean, that right there. Okay, so this is how I, I, I look at this. Okay, you heard what Chuck Schumer, he's the minority, majority, whatever leader in the Senate. Calls for violence against Supreme Court justice. Say what you want. What he said, in my opinion, is worse than what Trump said when Trump said, peacefully march to the Capitol. Trump's words, we need to get march to the Capitol and peacefully protest. This guy called for violence against two of your Supreme Court justices if they didn't make decisions the right way, so to speak. And then you have the leak a couple months ago from the Roe-Wade decision. It wasn't even Roe versus Wade. It was, I don't remember what county. But nonetheless, um, and then you have this. So my question is this. Are they going to haul all these people up now? What did I say? They had 25 violent threats on social media. So all those 25 people have been arrested, right? They've been subpoenaed in front of Congress, right? The, uh, you know, I mean, some of these threats discuss burning down or storming the Supreme Court, murdering justices, clerks, congressmen, congresspeople, and lawful demonstrators. So to me, we're going to jump in to uh, January 6th from this, I, I wasn't planning on doing that, but it kind of makes sense to. If you have 25 violent threats, so I'm going to assume that's 25 different people made threats on social media. So I, I would assume, right, all 25 of those people have been arrested and they're in jail right now awaiting trial. Right? Because those were viable threats of murdering people not only justices and their clerks but congress people innocent demonstrators january 6th was a peaceful gathering that got out of control admit it but there was no pretext of murder or burning down or doing anything we all know and hopefully it will be seen that what happened in Washington, D.C. on January 6th 
was done by the FBI and FBI informants who encouraged people that were riled up to do what they did. And even what they did wasn't like they didn't burn the fucking place down. They didn't kill anybody. They didn't even try to kill anybody. They literally marched on the Capitol. And it's interesting. So you have um, Jack Del Rio. He's a defensive coordinator for the Washington Redskins. Oh, I'm sorry. Commanders. And uh, this is what he had to say. I'd talk about it with anybody. Yeah, no problem. At any time. But, uh, But they're not. I'm just expressing myself. And uh, I think we all as Americans have the right to express ourselves, especially if you're being respectful. I'm being respectful. I just asked a simple question, really, did I, let's get right down to it. What did I ask? A simple question. Why are we not looking into those things? If we're gonna talk about it, why are we not looking into those things? Because it's kind of hard for me to say, I can realistically look at it. I see the images on TV, People's livelihoods are being destroyed. Businesses are being burned down. No problem. And then we have a dust-up at the Capitol. Well, there's nothing burned down. And we're not going to talk about We're going to make that a major deal. So he's referring to the riots, the, um, what's his name? George Floyd riots and whatnot, and they're burning. They burnt buildings, people's workplaces, courthouses. Have any of those people been arrested? Are any of those people facing a judge? How were they subpoenaed by Congress? No. He's catching flack because of what he said there. A little dust up at the Capitol. Because it's got to be about something. It's insurrection. The fuck it wasn't. It's very tiresome. Now you have Peter Navarro who was arrested on, um, I think it was Monday, and <laughs> for what? You know, they're, they're coming after anyone that had anything to do with January 6th, and this is Peter Navarro after he got arrested. Over a five-year period, Congress has weaponized the investigatory powers of Congress in a way which is unconstitutional. The people of America need to understand Congress has the right to investigate, but only for non-punitive legislative purposes. What that kangaroo committee is doing right now is investigating for punitive purposes. They're essentially acting as judge, jury, and executioner. Their mission, their clear mission is to prevent Donald John Trump from running for president in 2024 and being elected for president. And people like me are in their way, and they're not coming for me and Trump, they're coming for you. All 74 million of you who voted for Donald John Trump. Hang on, I'm not finished. You need to read, do your homework, read that. That case went out, every one of you, I bet there isn't a single person in here who read that whole case. The third issue is, is that the Constitution is a prohibition against what's called bills of attainders, okay? This is bills against undue punishment of citizens of this country. 
Today, the punishment was in, which was inflicted on a man presumed innocent and innocent until proven guilty demonstrates the utter disregard for the Constitution and the law that the Department of Justice has. I sent them a letter on Wednesday offering a modus vivendi. I told them contact an individual who would discuss this matter. What did they do? They didn't call me. I spoke to the, the FBI agent who arrested me. I spoke to him Wednesday night. I said, Walter, whatever you need, you don't have to come banging on my door like you did last week getting me out of bed. I'm here to cooperate. Okay? What did they do? Right? I, I was on my way to Nashville today to do a TV appearance with Mike Huckabee's show. Right? And instead of coming to my door where I live, which, by the way, is right next to the FBI, instead of calling me and say, hey, we need you down at court, we've got a warrant for you, I would have gladly come. What did they do? They intercepted me getting on the plane. So <clears throat> my question is this. I mean, he, he pretty much answered it. So you have... You know, Steve Bannon, Peter Navarro, uh, Mark Meadows, you have all these people that the Congress is subpoenaing, and they're really, they should have executive privilege if they were under, you know, if they had talked to Trump and whatever. This is essentially a witch hunt. That's all it is. That's all it will be. Whether anyone actually gets convicted of this now you've had regular citizens that were convicted but a lot of those folks were convicted via talked into taking a plea type situation they don't have the money that some of these other guys have that they can fight it out in court so this is a twitter thread from steve deese now he is a blaze he's on the blaze um, tv network he does a podcast and um, so he had this Twitter thread. He goes, I'm going to post a note here that he received uh, the, this, this morning. So this was actually yesterday um, from a January 6th-er. I will post it without comment. Feel free to read it and blah, blah, blah. Okay. So this is whoever the January 6th-er is. He doesn't name the person. So this person says, I listen to your podcast and follow uh, Julie Kelly's. It's every bit as bad as she described. I'm a husband and a father who has zero criminal history, and I'm looking uh, at years in prison after I took a plea. You may ask, why would people take a plea if they're innocent? Innocent has nothing to do with this, as my lawyer has told over and o me over and over again. This is payback. There are only a handful of representatives in D.C. that care about us. The vast majority could care less. They secretly despise Trump and everyone on the 6th as well. The DOJ knows this. There will be no reform of this government. There will be no going back. All there is now is a path ahead. But the path will never lead back to the country we once were. I watched for four years as our government that I pay taxes for, try to impeach and even oust our president with sheer impunity. Hillary's smearing stunt morphed into a coup that lasted Trump's entire term. 
Then I watched the election get stolen from the American people. So I went to D.C. to support the way I thought best. I wasn't violent. I didn't break anything. I didn't steal anything. But that doesn't matter. I lost my six-figure income, friends, and my family as a wreck. I had the FBI in my home. I was brought before a judge in shackles. I am a, I am a lucky one. I got to remain free while sent, till sentencing. So this is the country that I now live in, where the powerful few can attack an elected president, attempting to remove him for four years, and where elections no longer matter. We are no longer free. This country was taken without firing a single shot. Guns are meaningless at this point. It was the First Amendment that people should have been fighting for the most. I am now barely making a living doing manual labor for just minimum wage until my sentencing is over. I was threatened with a 20-year prison sentence, something only murderers face. We w couldn't change the venue, and none of the motions to dismiss were accepted. So at the pleading of my wife, the extreme bias of D.C. and its jury pool of my peers, the advice from my lawyer, I destroyed a part of me and signed a paper paper full of uh, exaggerations, lies, and more importantly, a narrative that fits what they want. I'm a Christian and somehow feel damned. I lied to save my family. My pastor tells me about rehab, but it doesn't help. I don't look at myself in the mirror anymore. A part of me is dead now. I wake up longing for the Lord to take me. January 6th was a dark day. There was violence by some that's reprehensible. No one should have broken anything or stolen anything or hurt anyone. Having said that, January 6th should be remembered as the last outburst from people who were sick of the coup against Trump. The lies about Russiagate, the double standards of the Bidens and how they attain their wealth compared to the treatment of the Trumps and the double standard of the BLM pro, uh, rioters and everyone else. They force LGBTQ pumped into our children's mind at school while trying to shut the out God in every corner. The endless wars, celebrations of abortions, the government spending that has put children not even born into lifelong debt. The list goes on. This was my last cry out for a death of a na nation. I don't know what's going to happen to my family while I'm gone for years. My wife has depended on me for during our whole marriage. She is the only woman I have ever been with and the only woman I have ever loved. I hope she and my kids can make it without me. I'm a J6er, and I'm going to prison. Now, that is ridiculous. You have a, a man here who is coerced into making a plea deal by his lawyer who was probably threatened himself of disbarment. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that for a fact. I'm assuming because... Why would you why would you do that? Why would you convince your client to just sign the plea? Most lawyers are in business to make money. I mean anyone's in business to make money, but lawyers especially. The longer they can draw out a case, the more they're gonna make, right? Um why would a lawyer just be willy nilly trying to talk his client into taking a plea, especially if he feels the client can pay his bill? Um that doesn't make any sense to me. And any of these lawyers that are convincing their clients to just take the plea deal, they're not taking it to court. There's something very peculiar, you know, peculiar about that because it doesn't, it doesn't 
make any sense other than what Peter Navarro said, where they're just not coming after us. They're coming after all of you guys, the 74 million people that voted for Trump. They're coming after you all, too. Now, this is Tulsi Gabbard. She was speaking the other day at um, a, a conference. Um, I think it was at the CPAC. I'm not sure. But she, uh, she had this to say about our freedoms. Our freedoms are being threatened. But that threat is not coming from some far-off foreign country. It's coming from within. And it's coming from people who took an oath of office, like I did, both as a soldier and a member of Congress, to support and defend our Constitution. They are acting as domestic enemies of the people and our country because they are seeking to take our freedoms away. So, now she's a Democrat. You know, she sees what's going on. This has nothing to do with Republican and Democrat. This has to do with right and wrong. This has to do with freedom and no freedom. Like that guy said in his thread, they're, they've, everyone's so focused on the Second Amendment, as well we should be, but everyone's ignoring the other nine. <laughs> you know? The illegal searches and seizures. The freedom of speech. The... the different little things and we focus on they trot out these sh shootings school shootings or whatever so everyone can focus on one thing in the meantime they're doing something else over here and we're just going along with it like nothing's happening it's very frustrating that like trump or don't like trump i really don't care and personally I think this whole thing is they see what Biden is doing. The, the country is on the precipice of going in the shitter. You guys think it's bad now? It's just getting bad. Everyone's able, or everyone, most people are still able to pay their bills and go to work and, uh, you know, get gas and buy some food. But every time you do that, it's like, damn, that's that's expensive. That was expensive. Whoa. You know, go out to dinner. You probably don't go out to dinner as much as you did because it's expensive. So it's it's almost like they're pushing 74 million people. They're just prodding them. They're just prodding them along. And I say 74 million. That's just the people that voted for Trump. So... What about the other 80 whatever that supposedly voted for Biden, assuming the the uh, election was legit? Let's just assume. And he had, what, 81 or whatever million votes. You got to think at least a third of those people are pissed. Right? If not more. So let's say there's 100 million people or so that are like, this is bullshit. Because you know the 74 million people that voted for Trump are like, this is some real bullshit. The people that voted for Biden that were on the fence but voted for him because, you know, orange man bad are thinking, this is bullshit. We signed up for this. This is not what we signed up for. In the meantime, they're just throwing a bunch of different shit at us. You have racial injustice, okay? You have abortion issues, okay? You have gun issues, okay? You have no one's got a pot of piss in issues. It's just all these things. It's like they're trying. I, I was talking to a guy today, and I got to the point where I said, 
you know, it's almost like they're boiling the water. And they're throwing all these ingredients in the water and see what kind of shit stew they can make. And you have, as you keep adding more stuff to the boiling water, it starts to boil to the top of the pot. Sooner or later, that pot's going to boil over. Then what's going to happen? So you, you could ask, what the hell is the Biden administration? What are they doing about this? They're not, it's like they're not even trying so, like, me and Chris have had this conversation before. It's like, are, are they, they do not give a shit for the fact that they know they're just going to steal this election too, so it doesn't really matter? Or is it more of a situation where if they throw enough shit in the pot to get all 330 million people, or whatever it is, 350 billion, uh, million people that live in this country, at odds with one another, whether you're white versus black or black versus Asian or man versus woman or gay versus straight, whatever the case may be, to just go at it where there is finally that civil war that they're looking for. And what's the importance of that? Why would you want that? Well, you would want that so you could declare martial law, suspend all elections, grab everyone's guns. You could do it in one fell swoop. Martial law. Can't leave your house. You can't do anything. You can't go anywhere. We need your guns. Oh, and by the way, you can't vote. I hope I'm wrong. But it feels like... It feels like... I mean, I've been alive long enough. I mean, regardless of the uh, the different presidents that have come and gone, gone during my, my life on this earth, I'll basically start from Clinton to today. You know, you have Clinton, and you have Bush, and you have Obama, and you, have, you know, so you, Republican, Democrat does one thing, Democrat does another thing, so on and so forth. But every, every presidency's had their ups and downs. And damn sure guarantee you, if they're in a downward trend come election year, even if, it, like, Biden's not running right now, but it's the midterms, so even when you have these situations where it's the midterms, usually the Democrats or Republicans, whoever's in charge, they try to do something to right the ship. And it's like they're not even trying to do that. They're just like, whatever, fuck it, we don't care. It's, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like I said, no matter, and uh, and if you're older than me, you can even go back further. I mean, Reagan was president, Carter was president. I was a kid. I don't remember what they did or didn't do and how good or bad it was. But my point is, it seems like every time you have a president and it's a midterms or they're running for re-election, they try to do something to make everything look good so you vote for them. You know, oh, we had our ups and downs, but we're we're back up now, so vote for me. No, <laughs> the place is a fucking shit show. All you hear on, even on CNN and MSNBC, all you hear is how there's going to be this red wave, and you know it's going to be a tremendous switch, and you're going to, you know, the they're saying in the Senate that there's a good chance that the Republicans could garner enough to even have majority vote not even just majority like we got 51 votes but like 68 where that means they can pretty much push anything through because 
you don't need <laughs> to have a vote, essentially. Um, if that were true, if that were honestly what was going to happen, you don't think they would try to do something to get everyone back on board with them? No, gas is every day, every day for the last week and a half, gas has gone up. Every day, it's a new record price. By, and I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of this week, the national average is five bucks. Damn sure can guarantee by 4th of July it is if it's not before then. And I'm talking national average. So um, in parts of the country, you're already well past that. I want to say I heard in Northern California it was upwards of 960, 970 a gallon. And that's in California. But yet... Y'all are still voting up fucking uh, Newsom. He won primary. <laughs> I mean, granted, you you voted out that DA in San Fran. But I'm just saying, it's like, what the fuck's going on in this country that we can let these fools do the, you say what you want, Putin, price war, Putin, oil, da-da-da, whatever. Bullshit. The prices were going up the day after he was inaugurated, and he signed those executive orders Closing the Keystone Pipeline, gas started rising at that point. It wasn't dramatic. It wasn't a dollar a day or 50 cents. It was, like I said before, it's kind of like the Paula Abdul song from back in the day. It was like two steps forward, two steps back. It was like 10 cents up, five cents back. 20 cents up, 10 cents back. Five, you know, it was, it, it was no, no, no matter what, it was going up. He could fix this problem quickly. He could fix that problem quickly by flipping the switch back on it wouldn't be automatic it wouldn't go from 480 or whatever you're paying down to 380 but it would start trending that way but he doesn't care you had that damn i don't know her name but she was a, a member of senate congress whatever i drove my car my electric car from michigan to here and everything's great blah 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 blah, blah. cool the economy is so shitty right now. Who in the fuck can go afford to go buy any kind of car, let alone a $50,000, $80,000 electric car? And like I said on the last show, electric isn't magic. You still, all you're going to do is, instead of paying 50 bucks or whatever a week in gas for your car, you're gonna, your electric bill is going to go up 100 200 bucks a month. So what's the difference? It's not, there's no difference there. These people are idiots, but worst off, they think you're idiots. And then you have this. So you had the Bilderberg meetings. Um, this, this, it was just this past week. It was June 2nd through the 5th. Um, so it was in Washington, in Washington, D.C. About 120 participants from 21 countries were confirmed in attendance. As ever, a diverse group of political leaders and experts from industry, finance, academia, labor, and media have been invited. So the key topics for discussions were geopolitical realignments, NATO challenges, China, Indo-Pacific realignment, Sino-U.S. tech competition, Russia, continuity of government and the economy, disruption of the global financial system, disinformation, energy security, sustainability, post-pandemic health, fragmentation of democratic societies, trade and deglobalization, and Ukraine. <laughs> I 
So broad spectrum of things. My question is, take all of those things in hand. Why does academia and labor and media need to be? I can see industry and finance. Why do we need, you know, Mark Zuckerberg there? What the fuck does he got to do with NATO challenges and Russia? And I mean, I guess if you want to talk about the disinformation aspect of it. But, you know, it's just these these meetings come on the heel of the um of the uh wef and the who meetings in in switzerland and um you know just one more thing these people can get together and start deciding what's good and what's bad for us um i don't really have any more information on that I just thought you guys would like to know if you want to look up building bilderberg meetings now this is a this is a society costs money to to join um you usually it's your you know richer people that are in it and they get to choose what's right and wrong for you because you know you're an idiot and what do you know so i I don't think i'm gonna read the list of people that are on there i'm gonna kind of scan through it here see if anyone pops out oh there's james baker so Office of the Secretary of Defense. Now he, if you recall his name from a couple of shows ago, he was the FBI agent uh, that talked to Sussman and nothing to see here type situation. So he was there. That's that's good to know. So let's see what else we got here. A lot of names that I really don't know. Hmm. <laughs> I know this is a riveting podcast right here. All right. Oh, there's Henry Kravis. I don't know who that is. <laughs> I just, James Baker, that's a very interesting, interesting uh, name to be on there. The King of Netherlands was there. Yeah, that's cool. I don't know why he was there. A lot of chairmen's of companies, a lot of board members of companies, people that you wouldn't know, so I'm, I really don't see the point of naming them but you have people from microsoft uh different shipping um companies the brookings institute uh <laughs> Kristen cinema was there interestingly enough um jake sullivan was there peter teal was there he was uh peter teal was partners with Musk and PayPal, and now he's doing whatever. He's the, what is he, president of Teal Capital. Um, that's about it. That I mean, of names that you might know, other than that, some journalists and a lot of, of corporation-type people. Um, I'm sure it was very riveting conversations of how they're going to control our lives moving forward, but, you know, I'm not going to waste our time on it. All right, so saw this today. There was allegedly Putin and Zelensky were in talks to have a meeting up soon, coming up soon. This was just announced today. Putin-Zelensky meeting not possible, Kremlin says. A meeting between Russian President Vladimir Putin and Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is not currently possible the Kremlin said. When asked about recent comment from Zelensky that's, uh, that he's willing to meet with Putin, 
Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov said, Our position is well known here. Good preparations need to be made for a top-level meeting. We know that Ukraine's side has withdrawn from the negotiation track, and therefore it is currently not possible to prepare for this sort of top-level meeting. So a lot of people could read that and say, well, why? Why doesn't Putin want to meet? Oh, because he's a... He's a war criminal. He just wants to take over the whole country and blah, blah, blah. Okay, that could be true. I don't know. Um, I found something more interesting that would maybe explain why the meeting isn't going to take place. Now, I teased you all with this information on Sunday show, Monday show, whatever. Whenever I did it. <laughs> this information about the meeting between the two of them just came out today. So, now I teased y'all the other day with this question. Is Vladimir Putin dead? Now, if you listen to that and you heard me, you're probably like, what the fuck is this dude talking about? No, he's not dead. He's invading Russia. He's doing whatever. Well, he's not actually doing anything. Um, what adds a little bit more spark to the controversy is the fact that he, or he didn't really say anything, but his spokesperson said that, made up some bullshit excuse as to why not to get together with Zelensky. But, so I found this, this article is from June 2nd. So, what the persistent rumors about Russians' president's health do and do not tell us about the country's future. Okay, so a couple of weeks ago, there was picture or video of him in a discussion with somebody. I don't know who he was talking with. It's not important. But he's like holding on to the table, like gripping the shit out of the table. And it almost looked like he was taking a big shit. And people are like, oh, he doesn't look well. And this was, I don't know, probably three or four weeks ago. Um, then there's you've seen situations where he's not near anybody. Like whenever he's having meetings or talking or whatever, they're on the other end of the table. People are like, oh, is, is he scared of COVID? Is it this? Or is he afraid he's going to get assassinated? Or, you know, was it a weekend at Bernie's <laughs> type situation? I don't know. So this article reads, Vladimir Putin is dying from blood cancer or thyroid cancer or maybe abdominal cancer. No, it's Parkinson. He has dementia. He is losing his sight. His limbs are shaking uncontrollably. On any given day, depending which news outlet you believe, the Russian president is terminally ill with any number of different diseases. Or perhaps, as several Brit British tabloids have suggested recently, he's already dead. Citing an unnamed intelligence source of the UK's Secret Service Intelligence, MI6, the Daily Star reported on the 28th of May that Putin was very ill, possibly already dead. With the Kremlin using lookalikes to conceal his de demise, not only to be outdone, the Sunday Mirror followed up the next day with its own unholy, unverified assertions under the headline, Vladimir Putin may already be dead, with a body double taking his place. The rumors about Putin's decline spread so far and so fast that Russian's foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, was forced to, not, to deny them during an interview with the French television channel TFI, TF1. President Vladimir Putin makes public announcements appearances on a daily basis Lavrov said according to the Russian news agency Tash you could see him on TV screens read and listen to his speeches I don't think 
that a sane person can suspect any signs of illness or ailment in this man. To be clear, there is no verifiable evidence that Putin is seriously ill, still less so that he is dead. The unnamed source who were quoted in these articles do not offer definitive proof, perhaps unsurprisingly given the secrecy around the president's health and security, instead rely largely on rumors swirling within intelligence communities and the old sober area practice of criminology. Um, I'll say this about that before I keep reading on. It's true. He's dead. No. Um, the mirror and the, what was the other one? The sun, I think it was the other. I actually have this, uh, I actually have both of those articles. Those are more probably along the lines of like your, uh, the inquirer type thing. But when you're using sources that are MI6 uh, intelligence agencies, now you say he's he does these videos and whatnot, but okay. Um, you know, we see Biden do stuff too, and we don't think it's really him. <laughs> but seriously, I think one of the things that would tip me off like I, the Zelensky thing that just broke today. I've had these stories since last week about him being dead or possibly being dead. Why wouldn't you want to meet? Like you're hearing a lot of things now. We're still sending money and equipment and whatever to Ukraine for whatever fucking reason. But you, um, you've heard people Kissinger, one of them, saying. That, you know, Zelensky probably needs to go ahead and figure this out for his people's sake. Um, if Putin, if this whole thing is about freeing uh, Russian people in Ukraine and like the Donbass region and whatever, if that's what this is truly about, then why wouldn't he want to meet? Why wouldn't they want to come to some kind of agreement? Okay, we'll stop doing what we're doing. We just need this land. You know, and see if they came up with an agreement to, um, you know, get get done with this. Unless he's actually dead. I don't know. I guess that remains to be seen. Now, you could ask the question, well, if he's dead, why is this still going on? Why wouldn't they end the war? Well, because it's not about Putin, per se. It's about Mother Russia. But it's, it's an interesting story. It's something to think about. Um, you can look it up yourself and read the stories um, and make up your own mind. But it is interesting that they canceled a what could have been a pivotal, you know, face to face conversation with the two heads of these countries. And maybe they could have gotten something figured out. And now they're not. Mm. I don't know. All right. So we have a new name to add to the Clinton body count. Now, I've said this Clinton body count. I've said it before. I'll say it again, and I'll keep saying it until the whore is dead or in jail. Um, the interesting thing is... Uh, why is this downloading? I don't want that. Nope. Okay. So, you can literally go to... Even Google will we'll bring this up for you. Go to Google or DuckDuckGo, whatever search engine you use. You can Google... Clinton body count. That's it. There is a Wikipedia page. It'll give you a list of names. 
of people that are associated or that were associated with the Clintons and are now dead for whatever reason, most of which, you know, committed suicide. Um, some of them were mugged, allegedly, like Seth Rich was mugged, but wasn't missing anything. So he was he was mugged for no reason other than to die, evidently. So this is an exclusive family of Bill Clinton advisor who admitted Jeffrey Epstein into the White House seven times has um, has blocked release of files detailing the death scene after he was found hanging from a tree with a shotgun blast from a ranch 30 miles from his home. <laughs> now, before I get into the story, me and Chris were joking about this. Now, there's nothing funny about murder or suicide or whatever this was, but I personally have never tried to kill myself. But having watched movies and seen things, um, if you if you try to hang yourself, like how in the hell are you going to shoot yourself with a shotgun? You know, I even I even proposed a situation to Chris and said, okay, well, maybe if you tied a you know a noose or whatever around your neck, you slung it over the tree, you climbed up a ladder, right? Well, before that, you the rope's coming down the other side of the branch. You set up a shotgun, kind of like Daffy Duck style, you know, like Bugs Bunny, aiming at where you would hang yourself, right? So, so when you jump, it puts tension on the rope, which in turn pulls the trigger, right? I mean, that sounds legit, so that's probably how it happened. <laughs> we got fucking Bugs Bunny setting up damn uh, suicide traps, for these fucking people I'm sorry to laugh at it but you don't do that I, I've, like I said I've never tried to kill myself and fortunately I don't know anybody that has or tried to kill themselves um, but usually whatever method you're using that's you're either going to live or die by that situation right if you're going to put yourself in the car in the garage with the engine running that's either going to kill you or you're just going to have a rough sleep. If you're going to slit your wrists, you're either going to die or you're going to be marked up. You don't usually, well, I'm going to slit my wrist and I'm going to put this handgun here just in case that doesn't work. Why wouldn't you just shoot yourself? And furthermore, like I talked about with suicides and the guns before, if you've ever shot a shotgun, they're not very maneuverable to be able to kill yourself with. I mean, they're... Without going into details, there probably is ways you could kill yourself with a shotgun, but not while hanging from a tree. So, <laughs> it's similar to the situation where I talked about the police officer. I can't recall his name now, so pardon me for that. But the police officer from Oklahoma City bombing who killed himself but shot himself. You... you, you 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 do one or the other. If you're gonna hang yourself, you're hanging yourself. If you're gonna shoot yourself, you can shoot yourself. You're not that's it doesn't make sense. So top Clinton advisor Mark Middleton died by suicide at the age of fifty nine on May seventh, the Perry County Sheriff's Officer in Arkansas or office in Arkansas confirmed. Middleton was President Clinton's special advisor who admitted Jeffrey Epstein into the White House seven times of the la uh, of the least seventeen times the pedophile visit visited the married father of two lived in little rock arkansas shot himself 
at the Heifer Ranch in Perryville, 30 miles away from his home. DailyMail.com can now reveal Middleton's father, Larry, and his widow, Rhea, are fighting to keep photos and other illustrative content of his death sealed. The two filed for an injunction urging the blocking of the release footage uh, that would halt, halt proliferation of unsustained conspiracy theories. Well, by not releasing the photos, you're, you're pursuing the conspiracy theory. The lawsuit claims the family has been harassed by outlandish, hurtful, uns- unsupportive, and offensive online articles regarding Middleton and his death. Perry County Sheriff Scott, Middle- Scott Montgomery said Middleton was discovered hanging from a tree with a shotgun blast to his chest. So, yeah, very peculiar. Um, yeah, my question is this. Why, if you're the family member, why wouldn't you want that out? It's similar to, uh, shit, I can't think of his name, the comedian that killed himself in Orlando. Or he, I don't think he killed himself, he died in Orlando. Saget, Bob Saget, right? Well, the family actually won their court case the other day. They sued Orange County Sheriff to keep them from releasing the uh, information of his death. So, I get it, privacy... You know, you, it's your dad, it's your husband. I, I get it. But with these situ- search, uh, situations, Bob Saget, we talked about it, where he had just talked about getting his booster shots and da-da-da-da-da. I would kind of want the public to know. I think my thing is this. If you're blocking the public from knowing what happened, it's like you're trying to hide something. If there's nothing to see there, if Bob Saget fell and hit his head and no bubbles, no troubles, he just died, then, okay, cool. I mean, it's not cool, but, you know, show us, tell us how it happened so we know. And you can rest rest that rumor. If Mark Middleton really hung himself and shot himself at the same time, okay, show us the evidence. Because, like I said, not one that I've... Uh, been involved with hangings or self-hangings or anything like that. But watching some movies and and stuff like that, I, I would say that when you hang yourself, you're not very, uh, your, your motor skills aren't very fine to be able to manipulate a gun to shoot yourself. So that one to me is hard to swallow. I'd be, be curious to know what else is, is going on with that. All right. So, speaking of guns, we have, uh, I don't know if you guys know who this guy is, uh, George Takai used to be on Star Trek, right? He's the... Oh, my. Yeah, that guy right there. So, uh, not to be outdone by Matthew McConaughey uh, going around doing his gun tour, gun should be banned tour. Um, <laughs> George Takai comes out, tries to mock gun owners, and inadvertently makes a case for owning an AR-15. Now, how did, how did he do that? Liberal actor George Takai, liberal actor George Takai, what does that mean? He liberally acts because I haven't seen him in shit in like 50 years, but whatever. Tried to mock gun owners, but many on social media noted that he inadvertently made an argument for AR-15 ownership. 
Takai made comments in the wake of the horrific Uvalde Elementary School massacre and the Russian invasion of Ukraine. So he writes in his tweet, Crazy thought, but those 20 million AR-15s now that are now in this country could sure arm a lot of Ukrainians. Well, yeah, no shit. Why, why would we want to give 20 million ARs to Ukraine? What would be the purpose? To defend themselves from Russia? From de- so let's assume the story we're being told about Ukraine and Russia is what it is. Russia's bad. Ukraine's good. Whatever. I, I don't buy it, but we'll go with that story for, for the sake of argument. If you're wanting to give 20 million ARs to the Ukrainian people, why would that be? To defend themselves from a tyrannical government? To form a regulated militia? Where, where have I heard that before it sounds... Oh, the Second Fucking Amendment. That's right. And for those of you on Twitter who talk about a regulated militia is the army... It's not. Look up the fucking definition. What kills me in this, in this world we live in today, like when I was a kid, we didn't have computers. We didn't have phones that were computers. If we wanted to know information, what did we have to do? We had to go to the fucking library unless you were fortunately, fortunate to be rich enough to have encyclopedias, right? But most of your schoolwork, if you had to do research, was done in the library. So you could look up, the, you could look up books, you could look up encyclopedias, you could look up the dictionary. Okay, do me a favor. Go on your phone, Google militia. The first thing that pops up is the definition of what militia is. It's not rocket science. It literally is that easy that, um, that you know, anyone can do it. I'm serious. <laughs> I mean, I can't, but anyone can. I had it here a second ago. Let's see, militia, here we go. So, militia is a noun. A military force that is raised... Oh, he said military force, that means it's the army. Hold on, let me finish. That is raised from the civilian population to supplement a regular army in an emergency. That's definition one. Definition two, a military force that engages in rebel or terroristic activities in opposition to a regular army. Okay, that sounds bad, but it is what it is. All able-bodied civilians eligible by law for military service. So, the Second Amendment. So, before I was like, yeah, I can live with the 21 and over, you know, blah, blah, blah. But technically, Second Amendment, well-regulated militia, Right? Enable all able-bodied civilians eligible for by law for military service. Okay, so who's eligible by law for, for military service? 18 and up, right? Well, not 18 to, to death, but like 18 to 40, whatever. So, where's your 21 and up? Are we going to change the, like the one congressperson? So are we changing the draft? Are we moving that since, you know, Nadler wants to say that kids that are 18 years old don't have a fully functional brain but this is the same group of people that want to take the voting age and move it down to 16 so you're not your your brain isn't formed enough to be able to own a gun at 18 but we want to move the voting age down to 16 because you know your brain's formed enough for us to manipulate it and tell you who to vote for anyway back to uh 
George Takai. Oh, my. Yeah, good job, George. You proved the point that the reason those 20 million ARs would do good in Ukraine is the reason why they need to stay right here in the good old U.S. of A. All right, in closing, this Friday, the inflation numbers come out. Hopefully, they'll be available when I go to record. But in the meantime, here's what our uh, new newest press secretary, the Black Jen Saki. Oh, I'm sorry, Corinne Jean Pierre. Jean Pierre. I guess that's how you say it. This is what she had to say about our economy. What we have seen is historic numbers. Is we are in a historic uh, place in history, mm-hmm. historic place right now. As we have, uh, as we look at uh, where we are with the economy, very, very different than where we were a year ago. And that is because of what the president has been able to do with a, with a comprehensive plan to get people vaccinated, with a plan to get people back to work. And what we have seen what you just said. is historic is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. That's right. Everyone here is dumber for listening to her, this administration, and the 81 million people, whatever, that voted for this ass clown. So please, please, Lord, let us get through this. All right, guys. With that being said, I think I actually got everything covered that I wanted to get covered. So sugar water. And on that note, I will see you guys on Friday. Um, Today is June the 8th. And please, 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 no matter what podcast app you're listening to this on, please go through, give us a five-star rating, subscribe to the show. And most importantly, please share this with your friends. Let them know how awesome this podcast is and how awesome the host is, or at least, you know, whatever. And uh, check us out on social media, Instagram and Facebook at Don't Tread America, on Twitter at DTOM underscore 1775. And on, uh, if you want to hit our website up, it's www.donttreadonamerica.com. And uh, I think that's all I got, guys. You guys have a great Wednesday, and I will talk to you again on Friday. Have a great one.